Welcome to the Junction City Podcast. I'm your host, John Miles. And with me today are Colby Peterson, special guest Brenda Kidman from Indivisible Ogden, and another special guest, Oscar Mata, the Kingmaker. Kingmaker in the house. Uh, so, on today's show, we're going to give you the events first. Uh, we're going to talk about the very cool Proposition 3 that's going to be on your ballot on Tuesday. And we've got Brenda Kisman. Yeah, right, a week from Tuesday. Or on your ballot right now. Yeah, right now. And we've got Brenda Kisman. Going to talk about Indivisible Ogden and all the work they do. So, let me give you the events. First, on October 30th, the Weber Young Dems Progressive Power Hour at Kappa, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Me and Colby went last time. It was a pretty good time. We did. Uh, I have to be there because if I don't show up, they don't happen. <laughs> As the president of the Young Dems. But uh, one thing we were hoping to do was, um, I want to change the structure. I had a conversation with uh, Alicia Washington this week, and she had a suggestion. She was like, you should uh, have this like rotating series where when people come, it's not just hanging out. You know, there, are, there is some time to mingle, but there's also sort of like a, a presentation where they you talk about something, whether that's Proposition 3 or it's, you know, tax reform at the state level. So we're going to go local issue, state issue, national issue, you know, every three months. Oh, yeah. And we're just going to rotate through that for the next year or more. Okay. So we'll be talking, I want to talk about Proposition 3 in this one, so I'm right, ready to cool. chat about that. Yeah. It's nice to just get together and chat about whatever's going on right now locally. Um, and then uh, October 31st, Halloween, it's the Indy Ogden Biz Marquee Show at the Monarch, 8 p.m. Get tickets at 24 ticks. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to last week's episode. Indeed. Uh, and also, uh, oh, sorry, I missed it. October 30th, this event keeps jumping on the thing. There's a town hall with Angel Castillo on Wednesday. It's at Wingwa from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Wingwa is that, uh, it's down on 12th Street, right by the office depot. Right. Um, so go there and hang out with Angel on Wednesday, October 30th. Uh, and don't forget that Tuesday, November 5th is election day where there is Prop 3, there's all the municipal races around the cities throughout the county. So uh, you, should, you should already have mailed in your ballot, but if you haven't, you've still got time. Mail it in this week. If you don't pull that off, you can take it down to the polling place. Um, or drop it off in the, one of the boxes. Right, and you can find all of those locations at weberelections.com. Usually right in front of the libraries or <coughs> municipal buildings. Right. So if you're not sure, go with one of those. And if you're a student at Weber State, there's one right in front of the Stewart Library. Nice. Uh, and what about other events? Do you guys know other events this week? Well, we have um, the Dia de los Muertos um, down at Union Station on November the 1st. And that is from 6 o'clock until 9 o'clock, I believe. Mm. Nurture the Creative Mind is putting that on. Oh. And Amir is the head of that. We haven't been able to get a table for Indivisible Ogden there yet, huh. but um, we may be walking around with t-shirts and clipboards if you need to register. But, so it's like a festival? It is. It's the Day of the Dead where uh -huh. you um, go in and pay respects to your loved ones that you've lost, and they're going to have food, they're going to have dancing, there will be some altars where you can put mementos oh. of people that you've lost, so it's... It's very big in some of our um, Hispanic communities. Right, right. And it's a really important thing for them. Huh. That's where you see all the sugar skulls and all the things are. Right, right. Did, and I don't speak Spanish, so I apologize for well, completely mingling, mingling the name. You're doing a good job. 
In November 2nd, at George Washington High School, there's going to be the free community meal. That is from 5 until 8. Anybody can show up for that. They will have community services, um, books, inform you on what's going on in the community. You'll be able to register to vote. But they do still need warm clothing for all size people. So if you have any clean, gently used coats, hats, uh, jackets, then you can drop it off at any cafe, cafe mercantile. Okay. Yeah. And um, also, sorry, where I'll have to have you put that in the notes. Okay. Um, but during business hours, any cafe mercantile I know, because there's one close to my house, I'm going to use. Um, but I'll, there's a couple more locations where you can drop off warm clothing. And that's actually going to be at the George Washington High School this time. Normally it's at the Marshall White Center, but they changed it up a little bit. And when is that again? November the 2nd. So that's Saturday. Saturday. Great. What about you, Oscar? You got any last minute three pushes going on? You know, this week was going to be a really quiet week for me, but now you guys have listed all these events I want to go to. Um, <laughs> You know, I am participating in the uh, uh, first annual Junction City podcast uh, debate. That's right. That's right. This, deb this podcast will come out after the debate has happened, which will be Monday the 28th. Yeah, Monday. Oscar is going to debate, uh, is it Gary Boyer? Yeah, I think yep. it's Gary Boyer. Yep. The, the person who wrote the opposition in the voter ballot. Yeah. So that, that debate will be Monday, but uh, as of Tuesday, you'll be able to find it on our social media. So watch it. And John Miles is the moderator. Yeah, I'm the moderator. I got so many gotcha questions for you. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have been stressing more about you than Gary. Yeah, oh, that's so. good. Oh, OK. Because as we talk about it tonight, I'm going to save all my real good gotcha questions for tomorrow. Um, I wouldn't expect anything less. That's right. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, so let's talk about what we've done this week. I was in Kansas all week, so. How was it? It was pretty good. I went to go watch Explosions in the Sky. Has anybody heard of Explosions in the Sky? Nope. I don't know. Until you I They're like a hipster band. Oh, okay. But they are pretty awesome. They don't ever do lyrics, but it's like, uh, it's three guitars and then bass and drums. But what they did is they had, like, you know, it was all covered in fog, the stage, and so, like, the lights, I can't even, I'm not going to try to describe a light show, but it was a good show. It was like, uh, it was like they were telling a story with music and lights, and it was, it was a good time. Plus, Lawrence is like a, a music town. Do you guys, uh, well, anybody know Lawrence? It's a college Kansas? town, right? Yeah, right. Kansas, Kansas U, yeah. yeah. Rock, yeah. Jayhawk. Man, that town, that town has got it going on. They are something we could aspire to, because they're about our size. I'll talk more about that later. What about you guys? Anybody else do anything? Man, what did I do? Uh, shoot. I had a, man, yesterday was like super busy. I did go to Don't Kill Me. I went down to Salt Lake for the dino round. You guys go to that? It's like their restaurant week down there. Oh. Me and my brother-in-law, yeah, we always go. Uh, we went to this uh, sushi place on Broadway, and it was good. We had a good time uh, down there. Was it Ichiban? No, it wasn't. No. It was like uh, just below State. Oh, okay. But uh, we went down there and had a good time. He had ramen. I had the sushi, and had a good time. And then, highlight of the day, we went over to Banbury Cross. You guys ever been there? No. They make that they are, in my opinion, the best donuts in Utah. Oh, right. Wow. And uh, I've been, I've, I really want to start a donut shop in Ogden. I think that that would be really cool. And, uh, well, it failed, right? Not yet. There was that one. Oh, Beyond Glaze? 
Yeah, we're gonna be cooler than that. Don't oh, worry. Oh, I see. It's, it's gonna be a different vibe. It's gonna be a different vibe than what they got going. I see. But no, not those kind of special. Well, one thing that I saw that you know, brownies not customer. You'd, you'd be number one customer? Yeah. I'll take that, dude. I love donuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so uh, while we were there, they, you know, it was it was game day for Utah. They were playing, uh, I forgot who they played. Uh, oh, they played Cal. And so they had you uh, donuts at the donut shop. And I was like, dude, if we have a donut shop and we were in Ogden, we're going to be doing Flaming W's on game day. That's you can put that. Are people gonna buy them though? You're dang right, they're gonna buy. Are they gonna buy? Yeah, they're gonna buy donuts. You're gonna buy them. W's. Everyone to buy them. We're gonna have you know Waldo Wildcat donuts. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be excellent. There you go. We're gonna be loud crowd Wildcats on game day. All right. I'm excited. Don't let me. Don't let my cynicism. Couple more years. Couple more years. What about you guys? You do anything sweet? Well, you were talking about going out of town to see a band, and I just got back from Jacksonville visiting my daughter. But the scheduling that I did was actually around a Stephen Page concert that was down in Ponte Vedra, which is very close to our house in Jacksonville. Stephen Page is the one that left Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, okay. Because of the problems that he was going through at the time. So he does yeah. solo music? He, he does. does. He's, He's kind of got, got a trio, Craig Northey from The Odds, and then Kevin Fox plays the cello. Huh. And um, it's just the three of them. And he's awesome. He is really, really good. And his songs will make you think he has one called White Noise that was written right after Charlottesville. Okay. And they were saying Jews will not replace us. Well, he is a Jew, and he's from Canada, so he's an immigrant, and he's saying, I'd be happy to replace you. So that's, that's kind of one of my anthems. And then he also has a song, and he played it live for the first time because somebody from the audience screamed it out. Um, he has a song called Where Do You Stand? And, and it, it talks about you, there's a line in the sand, and it's time to decide which line, side of the line you're on. Yes. Uh, you know, because there are people dying. Yeah. And what are you going to do about it? So. That's the best thing in a concert, when they do something spontaneous that, you know, like, is special for you. Yeah, That's it was the first song of the, of the encore. And, and they, they never, never did do stuff on encore. You know, yeah. that's for their old big number one yeah. single hits, whatever. Bring it out, you know, yeah, like really good. Yeah, one. but this was his, so I know he just did it because some lunatic was screaming it from the audience. I don't know who that was. She was standing really close to me. I could hear her. But you're glad she did. Um, but I'm glad I did. Thank you, thank you, because that was awesome. That was awesome. But yeah, so um, if you haven't checked out Stephen Page and White Noise and Where Do You Stand, then you really need to do that. It's fun nice. to see. I will. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome, Steven. Send me a check. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm really boring this week. Yeah, but you, you've been on the men, right? You, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just go, you know, I had, uh, I had surgery and, yeah, just kind of been in bed, just recuperating. How's it been? So, taking it easy? Good. Yep. Yeah, I've got my final, uh, my final uh, doctor's appointment. Um, to give me the clear, but yeah. And then you go back good. to work? Well, I've been going back to work for the last week. Uh, Were you supposed to, though? I was supposed to take it light, but, <laughs> I, you know, like you guys mentioned, ballots are out, and, um, you know, election day is right around the corner, so I, I couldn't take I couldn't take two weeks off. Mm. Crunch time for the yeah, maker. Yeah. It's true. Well, yeah, and with that, let's talk about Prop 3, then, because... Uh, I mean, I guess we've given everyone most of the background before, but 
Talking about some nurse stuff, is that right? Yeah, I mean, there was a, a news article this week about from Tim Vandenack in The Standard about how the current commission, only one of the three commissioners is going to be supporting Proposition 3, and so I thought that this might be a, a nice time to bring that back up, because, yeah, So, man. which one is supporting it? Froer. Gage Froer, yeah. Uh, I to his see. credit, he's sticking with his guns, and I like what he said in the, in the article where he's like, what we should have a study like that's all he's saying like we should we should have a study we should know whereas the other two don't think that we need even a study which makes me very very suspect hmm. so uh let me get this right remind me the specifics if it goes on the ballot and we vote no on it it can't be put on the ballot again for five years is that right uh, for ten years i believe it's uh, five years. Five years. But then it's ten years if we make a study committee and they say... And they come up with a recommendation. Mm. You know, so they, let's say, they say, hey, we should do a mayor council form, and the voters vote that down, we can't do a study for another ten years. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and so that was my first, because I didn't know about this story until you guys just brought it up, but that was my first thing. Is like, So were the commissioners sort of going along with this for a little while until they get to this point and then they're like, well, maybe if we kill it, we can really kind of kill it good for now. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think the commissioners were ever really for it. Hmm. You know, I think uh, the, the commissioners saw what was going to happen, whether, you know, they put it on the ballot or not. You know, uh, the momentum was on our side. Um, even though they moved the goalpost on the number of signatures we needed uh, from 46 or uh, 4,300 to 8,600, uh -huh. um, you know we were at over 5,000 signatures collected, and we were still going strong. Um, so so I, I I don't think they had any intention of supporting it. You know Scott Jenkins loves the uh, power, and Jim Harvey loves the money. Huh. Well. Remind me what happened at that point when you were gathering the signatures, you got over 5,000 signatures, and then, so it, it wasn't on the ballot because you didn't get enough signatures, but then it got on the ballot, and that was, if I'm not mistaken, partially due to the commissioner supporting it, wasn't it? Yeah, so the commissioners, um, they could not put it on the ballot until after August of 2018, and so once that deadline passed for them, they did put it on the ballot. Um, now they can say, oh, you know, we, we wanted to put it on the ballot because we promised these people. No, the real reason they did it was because of the power they hold it, with them putting it on the ballot. Because them, uh, with the commission putting it on the ballot, they now have some say on who is on the appointment council that selects the study committee. Right. Had we gotten the signatures, it would have been myself, Carrie Gibson, Ann Milner, Gage Frower, um, and you know Brent was a petitioner, but obviously not Brent. Uh, we would have been the appointment council that would have selected the study committee. Right. right. Um, you know, so the commissioners gained a lot of power by putting it on the uh, by putting it on the ballot. But now they're trying to back up, and you know Scott Jenkins and Ricky Hatch, they have um, you know. Uh, done whatever they can to stop it. You know, Ricky Hatch is our county clerk and is supposed to be um, 
you know, is supposed to be overseeing the elections, not deciding for us. Uh, but Ricky hasn't gotten that memo yet, and he's doing everything he can to ensure that Prop 3 fails, which is really disappointing. Yeah, one thing that I noticed when I got my ballot in North Ogden, there was an insert that had the for and against arguments in it. And as I read through, I noticed something very, very striking about that piece of paper. The against argument had a lot of bold letters, you know, key pieces that they wanted noted, like, I, don't know, I guess I would say, like, anytime there was any sort of somewhat incendiary language, like, it was always bold, lots and lots of bold. When you looked at the four, there was no such thing. And so I, won I wondered, I mean, did the against people, were they just smarter about how that they set it up, or did something else happen there where formatting, a simple thing of like, well, this gets bolder than that doesn't, did they have a little bit more say in how theirs looked as opposed to the four? I mean, can you answer that question? Uh, yeah, so uh, Weaver County Four was not selected by Ricky Hatch to write the four argument. Uh, one of the ways Ricky has tried to stop uh, the passage of Prop 3, but luckily what we've been able to do is we were able to work with uh, Angelica, who was selected. Um, and so, yeah, we, we received the against uh, the against argument and we saw that it was bolded and so we said okay you know and so then we were able to write our uh, our rebuttal arguments to the uh, to the against and we thought okay we're gonna bold everything we correct the against uh, people on right do it the way that they had done it exactly uh, but Angelica uh, did not want it because she was told by the county clerk's office that that would be a little too mean um, and she had final say we were only you know in the capacity of more of an advisory committee to her rather than being able to write it Angelica had the final say um, so let me understand this correctly then yeah. so the, the you got the arguments with the bold letters in them. When you got the against and you were preparing the rebuttal, which is on the back of that handout, on both sides, both sides got a rebuttal, you were going to also put bold letters in yours to sort of match what they had done. But the person who wrote it said that the county clerk's office told them that it would be too mean to do that. Because if I remember correctly, the rebuttal also included more bold, bolded you know, language in it. Yes, that, that's correct. Yeah, that is what I was told. Every uh, every edit Weaver County Forward gave Angelica, she would go back to the county clerk and ask them for final permission. Um, and I will. The only thing I will say on that is that the for argument and the rebuttal is probably uh, sixty percent uh, what Weaver County Forward would have wanted. We wanted to be a lot more aggressive. We wanted to. Uh, take on the against group and their claims. Um, you know, Gary Boyer and all those people need to realize just because you bold something does not make it true. Um, okay. No, I guess you'll get your chance to tell them that tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, but yeah, so, so, you know, that was one of the things Ricky did. Um, and in fact, you know, um, you know, Jan Zogmeister, my co-chair and I, we met with Angelica the day after she was selected by Ricky, which by the way, Ricky drew the name uh, randomly okay. on who would write the four argument. Mm -hmm. So um, name just like came out of a hat or something. Yep. And so we. So this person wasn't handpicked. You know, it was just like that's just the way it ended up. Nope. Nope. And this is you know again an argument that's going to be going out to every single voter. And so we sit down with uh, with Angelica the day after she was selected, and we say, hey, um, you know, kind of 
what was your passion to put your name down to write the four argument you know is there anything we can help you with and she tells us she says honestly i didn't know what i was signing up for i thought i was signing up to be on an email list to learn more information about it not write what? it what and so yeah and so that is what um, you know, and so that's the danger of when our county clerk, again, the man who's supposed to facilitate the elections and provide, uh, and provide voters the best you know, quality of information, um, that's what happens when you pick a name out of a hat. Now, luckily, I, I do have to say Angelica has been very great uh, in terms of working with us. She was very open and you know, right out of the gate, she said, you know, I don't know about this process. I don't really know what this means. You know, please, you know, please help me. And she was nice enough to let myself, Jan, Bob Hunter, Jenny Taylor, put our names on it. Um, but that was very concerning to me and shows the lack of respect Ricky had for the voters when he was just drawing names out of a hat rather than, you know, going with a group, and this may sound biased, but rather than going with a group that's been working on this for two years and has been doing research the past 18 months. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm curious about that. I mean, I know you maybe don't want to speak for some of those, your Republican counterparts with Weber County Forward, but, you know, when you and I were working with the party, we would have these instances where the elections office would have these seemingly innocent mistakes that would kind of have these large, uh, it would have this big impact on us, this big harm to us and, and what we were trying to do. Um, and it was always, you know, an innocent mistake that would say, and you, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, you know, I, I like to think that they're all trying to do their job with integrity, but sometimes it feels a little bit naive to do that. And, and I wonder if some of your uh, Republican counterparts on Weber County Forward have that same feeling like it's not really an accident. So without naming names uh, of which uh, Republican counterparts I've been working with, um, the consensus is Ricky Hatch is a tool. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you heard it here first. Yeah, that, that uh. he is the lapdog of the county commission. Huh. Um, and uh, if um, I would tune into uh, the county commission meeting on Tuesday, I'm planning on oh, being there during the public comments and calling Ricky out for uh, trying to sway this election because. <laughs> You know, it's exactly what you're saying, John. You know, there were a few mistakes from the very beginning, and I tried to give Ricky the benefit of the doubt. But then when I hear he's in private meetings openly bashing Prop 3 and saying, well, I don't know why we really need this. The commission form is great. Hmm. Uh, you know, that's very concerning. And, you know, Gary Boyer can go off and in his against argument can say, well, there's, you know, there are checks and balances in our system because we have elected officials like Ricky Hatch well, Ricky is not, you know, a check on the commission because the commission gets to control his budget. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a huge so that's, issue. Yeah, so uh, Ricky Hatch has been our biggest hurdle, but Scott Jenkins isn't much of a hurdle because that would mean that he has power and he really doesn't. He's just a pain in my ass. <laughs> okay, yeah, so in the, in the piece to Tim Van Acker, like you said, uh, the, the consensus was that the form of county government is fine for the two the two commissioners that were not for this particular um, they they like things how they are. That was Jim Harvey and Scott Jenkins, and I thought it was really interesting. Like their main the core of their main argument was that everything works fine. We all get along together well, so everything runs smoothly, and this is a very efficient form of government, right? 
that's that's what we've heard, and that's what he says over and over again in the piece. But and fairly, Tim Manning points out, well, what about when the commission wasn't functioning well and you guys weren't chummy and, and good friends? You know, why, what about that? And and I I wanted to press and say, well. You know, a lot of Republicans want to talk about the Constitution, about how this is, you know, this is so great the way that this is all set up. We have a commission with three people, whereas you you only need two people to get business done in the county, and you have legislative power and executive power baked into three guys. Like, how how can you genuinely believe that that has any sort of check, right? Because, like you said, they're deciding budgets of the other people in. So, I mean, I imagine they also decide the budget of, say, the county attorney's office. Yep. That's right. They decide the budget of the county clerk's office. I imagine they decide the, the budget of the county assessor or the county treasurer. Yep. Uh, every elected official um, that's not on the commission has to provide, uh, you know, a, a, a annual budget that they want the commission to approve. It's essentially... You know, what Ricky has to do is the same thing as what uh, Tracy Hansen, the Ogden City Recorder, who's an appointed position, has to do. You know, Ricky doesn't have more power than Tracy does in terms of how much, uh, in terms of how much is allocated to her. Um, and, you know, when, you know, reading that argument of, well, you know, we're all good friends, yeah. I think the Standard Examiner, which actually came out, uh, endorsing Prop 3. I don't they know did. if you guys saw that. No, yeah, I saw um, them. You know, but they, they say, you know, they, they brought up the same concern. You know, what happens when the next election rolls around and it's not you, you three that are, you know, seem to be working well together. What happens when someone else comes in? Because that's exactly what's been happening this whole time. It was, you know, Carrie Gibson, Matt Bell against Jan Zogmeister. Then they got Jan out to put Ebert in. And then Harvey took over Matt Bell's spot, and then it was Harvey and Ebert against Terry Gibson. And then, you know, Ebert got kicked out. And so, you know, what, what I tell people is when was the last time the commission was on the front page of the standard for something positive? Yeah, I mean, the answer is probably never, right? Like, I don't know. Not since I've been involved. Maybe, in maybe, maybe the answer is when they came out with their economic development plan. But that's yeah. it. That's <laughs> the only talking no, no, That's you know that's uh, you know that's a plan that people uh, openly criticize. That we're partnering up with Davis County that has all the money, that has all the land, and you know I don't know what Weber County has gotten out of that deal, but um, I, I haven't seen any big announcements. Well, interesting, yeah, because I thought that if you, if you truly believe in checks and balances, that that. That argument that we're all chummy and this all works well just doesn't work, especially when you have legislative and executive powers baked into one person, and that person decides the budget for the whole county, and everybody's subordinate to it. Yeah. You, you can quickly see how that could become a conflict of interest where it's like, I, I don't want to cross you because you, you make my budget. So when you want executive things done, I will do what you say, because when the legislative time comes around, i got to make sure that I get mine, right? Exactly. And the uh, idea that people have, which is uh, wrong, is that, you know, oh, you know, we somehow came up with this magical form for Weber County originally, so why change it? But that's not the case. No, not the, the, county case. the county commission form is kind of the default form across the state. So this is the same form that, you know, uh, Daggett County has. 
And Daggett County is the tiniest county in the state. Well, I mean, I just listened to a, a podcast from KCBW where they were talking about San Juan County has the same form, and they're undergoing a similar process right now, uh, but it was initiated from the other side because um, it's now a majority native commission down there. Mm -hmm. Two Democrats hold those two seats, and, and both are Navajo, and now the white Republicans don't want it, and so they're initiating this process so that they can get rid of it because they don't like the way it looks. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's not yeah. unique to Weber County in the least. No, and Utah County is the same way right now. Exactly, and if you look and they're changing at, you know, at the counties across the Wasatch Front, you know, we are now looking at a study. You know, you've got Tooele, you've got Utah County. You know, rumor is Davis County is going to be putting something up like this next year. Interesting. You know, the counties across the Wasatch Front understand they're going to see unprecedented growth, and it's better to handle that growth and the type of government that's going to oversee that growth now rather than when we have an additional, you know, 50,000 to 100,000 people here in Weber County in just the next few years. Yeah, and I think that it's a good point because... You want, you want to plan for those things, right? Like the, the Kim Gardner Institute put out their projections. I think they went to 2040. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, and they're saying that the county population would double in that amount of time. And so they're trying to get out ahead of it. And I just think that, you know, it, as the county grows, it makes sense to separate those powers. Because I get the efficiency argument if your entire county is like Western Weber County. But it's not anymore, right? I would say that the majority of the county is now urban. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Even with the valley, well, the majority of the county is urban. Well, and, and, and it's important to note, all we're asking for is a study. Prop 3 is not changing the form of county government. The study committee has the full authority to say, you know what, the county commission form is a perfect, but it's the best fit for our county and the direction we're headed. They can absolutely say that. But, you know, if that's what they come down with, we as citizens then have a peace of mind the next time the county commission is on the front page with egg on its face, we can say, you know what, it's, you know, this is just the best that we had available to us. But it, it, it is important to note, all Prop 3 is is a study, and I have no idea why anyone, you know, what, what I tell people is the only, the only people that are afraid of a study or self-evaluation are people that know they're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that is why you see Commissioner Jenkins and Harvey terrified that this is going to pass, uh, because I think you know, we're going to see some flaws of the commission system that we don't even know yet. Now, that's not to say that, you know, we'll get rid of the commission. I don't know that. That's up to the study committee and then eventually... Which will be voters. appointed by them, <laughs> right? Well, They're the ones that appoint it. So the appointment council is made up of five people. One member of the appointment council will be selected by the commission. The other appointment council member will be selected by state legislative officers. Okay. And between those two appointment council members, they will select the three other members serving with them. Okay, so, so they will have some so, say, yep, but not yep, all the say. Yep, they, okay. yep, they will have some say over it. And that's what I was gonna, you know, I was, I was gonna try to play devil's advocate a little bit, but it's hard for me, where I come down now, and maybe what I might learn this week in our debate, mm -hmm. the opposition side is that it's gonna cost money that we don't have. Well, yeah. the study committee is not gonna cost a lot of money. And if you think the new county commission is gonna cost a lot of money, well, then just don't vote for it when they recommend it. But that's feedback that you give to the study committee and say, don't make it cost more money than our current form of county government. But it's not a reason to vote against Prop 3. Exactly. And you know, that, that was probably my biggest uh, issue with the against argument is they were putting the cart before the horse. 
know, they're saying that we're going to see taxes increase based on a new form of county government. Well, guess what? Gary Boyer doesn't know that. The commissioners don't know that. I don't know that. We don't know that until we have a study. Right. Um, but, you know, no, it's, you know, it's, it's not going to cost enough money where taxes are going to be increased, even though we have a commission that, you know, that hasn't seen a tax increase that they don't like. Mm -hmm. But what, um, you know, but I mean, he uses Summit County as an example. Well, Summit County has a much higher, um, uh, they're, they're in a much higher income bracket than Weaver County is. Very, very much so, right. Um, and the other thing too, that at least based on my research, there has been no county that has gone through this process that has had an organization like Weaver County Forward that has started collecting the data um, in preparation for a study. That is going to save county uh, taxpayers time and money because of the research we have done in partnership with the Walker Institute and Weaver State University. Which, yeah, which, by the way, I mean, all of that, all that data, you know, especially if you're partnering with the Walker Institute, that's all nonpartisan. Exactly. Like, you know, the Walker Institute can't be partisan by its nature. Yeah, so, it's, it, you know, all that data is not pushing, you know, for one form over the other. Um, you know, but... I mean, frankly, I think it's insulting that Gary would say um, that it's going to increase taxes because I think it goes against every citizen, business owner, or Weaver County family because uh, I feel like we live in a community that's very fiscally responsible, mm-hmm. um, and, and no one wants to see their tax dollars increased. And right. you know, and people that will serve on the study committee will be Weaver uh, Weaver Weaver County residents. Right. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point too, man, because another argument that gets made in the against is the whole, well, the, you know, these, these appointees, they're going to be, you know, beholden to these elected officials. It's such a weird argument that gets made because the argument is the current system is good. We need to trust elected officials because they're duly elected and they are the, you know, they are where the power resides, right? But at the same time, they will, they will be the ones appointing the study commission, and we can't trust that because these people will just be political appointees. It, it's like, I, I don't, you can't have it both ways here, man. Like, are they good or are they not good? Because if they're good, then the people they appoint are good, right? But if they're bad, then the people they appoint are bad. So it can't be both. Yeah, and, you know, and, and the way I feel is I feel like we do have county commissioners that are serving... Um, uh, that, that are currently serving, and even though I really don't like at least one of them, um, I do think they do have the best interests of the county. Mm-hmm. However, I think the form of government makes it a lot harder for them to be able to serve the residents properly because there's no checks, there's no oversight. There is no oversight. Um, you know, and someone and you would say the citizens are the oversight. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, the citizens are going to go down there on a Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. and complain in a blue-collar county. Exactly. Are you kidding me about that, man? Like, pass me with that. That makes no sense whatsoever. Nobody goes down there, and it's clear if you've watched any of those videos. So where's the check, really? Exactly. You know, it's funny... It's funny you mentioned that because the only way I'm able to go down this Tuesday uh, is because I had to find another teacher to cover my second period uh, for me to go down. So you basically, basically have to take, take time, time off to go down there. Yeah, I've got to take time off and another teacher has to use their prep period where they should be, you know, uh, getting things ready. For, you know, we're just starting the, uh, uh, the new term. Um, and so, you know, that teacher should be spending their time focusing on getting work 
done for their own classes in preparation, uh, but they're nice enough to take that time to uh, cover my class so I can go down there um, and confront Commissioner Jenkins and Ricky about the uh, shenanigans they're pulling. Mm. Well, thanks for coming down here and uh, making it so our listeners could get the information at their convenience. Yeah. <laughs> if people need, if people want to hear the opposing side, they can check out the debate. It's already going to be up on our social media by the time you hear this. Um, and yeah, I guess uh, support Prop 3. Yeah, no, I mean, I voted for. I would say, because like, like the Kingmaker said, it's really about a study. We're looking at whether or not, like we're just asking questions. Like there, there is no recommendation, there's no up or down right now on what, we're not changing the form of county government at all. We're just looking at it. Yeah. And and why shouldn't we? Yeah. More information is never a bad thing. No, exactly. Exactly. It, it really we isn't. spend a little money on a little information. Yeah. You're right. All right, thanks again, Oscar. Yeah. So let's talk about Indivisible Ogden, Brenda. Okay. Um, but before we do, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, Brenda Tidman. I am a transplant to Utah. I grew most of my life in Texas, but I also lived on both coasts, so I've had a little bit of, a little bit of everything across the United States. Got two kids, two grandkids, happily married for quite a few years. <laughs> My anniversary is sometime next month. So, uh, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And you've been doing Indivisible Ogden for, what was it, 2016 that you guys started? 2017 is actually when Pam Harrison established uh -huh. Indivisible Ogden. Uh -huh. She was the one that started it. Initially, it was, well, everybody was in shock after the election. Right. I think even the GOP were in shock after the election because. <laughs> He's a clown. Yeah. He really thought he would get, yeah, yeah. You know, it, he just wasn't electable, so the whole country was just you know, I was, stunned. I was on Twitter before I, uh, I was watching football, and uh, Game 5 of the World Series is going on in D.C. right now. The president's at Game 5 of the World oh, Series yeah. because it's in D.C. And uh, they, they did this thing where they, they waved the hats, you know, the folks in the crowd waved their hats because they're salute to service members. They have the special section at Nationals Park where service members get to sit with their families, you know, and it's sort of like a nice thing for the military family stationed in that area. Then they flip to the president. It felt like the entire stadium booed the guy. Like, find the videos. Like, they booed him loud. <laughs> I, I can't say that I'm surprised. He has not been good for our nation. Yeah. But going into it, Pam Harrison saw that he wasn't going to be good, and so she actually started um, Congressional District 1 is what she was doing initially. Right. And she and Angela Urea would show up on Grant and 25th and in front of the federal building mm -hmm. protesting that they wanted Rob Bishop to listen to them and to do the will of his constituents. Right. And then the national indivisible kind of started. And so I think it was only congressional for like three days. And then she switched over to the national platform. So it's just grassroots. We're a nonpartisan organization. Right. We're just very anti-Trump because we don't feel like he is good for our planet, world, children, future, present. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that, that, that nonpartisan thing seems to be smart because I was going to say, you guys are everywhere. I feel like every time I go to an event 
farmers market, uh, I don't know, concerts, whatever. You guys are there, and it's it's kind of because you're non or I mean nonpartisan, right? Very much so. Um, it's hard to get the GOP to understand that, but we register everyone and anyone who wants to register. Um, the more people that get involved in the government and register, the more the government will look like them. So right now you just have a bunch of white guys voting or white people voting or white guys, pretty much. Um, and so that's what the government looks like. So we partnered with Voterize in the spring of 2018, I think. Um, this is all pretty me, so if I get it wrong, I'm very sorry, Cameron. Right. Voterize is an organization that... Voterize is the people that we volunteer through mm -hmm. to do voter registration, and they are actually on the Get Out the Vote platform that was originated by MTV. So their focus is getting people that weren't previously registered registered. We go to high schools to get the students registered. You can pre-register at the age of 16 in Utah, which a lot of people don't realize that. Um, we go into events where we think the um, people that feel like they're not represented will be. We're gonna be at that free community meal that I was talking about earlier um, that's gonna be happening on November the 2nd. And I want to let you know that you can turn up, drop off your coats at the Turn Community Services at 3544 Lincoln the Buzz Brew in West Haven, or any cafe mercantile location, the Congressional United Church of Christ, or you can contact the community and they'll be on Facebook. So there's quite a few locations, but we are really trying to let people know, like we, um, we've we really been strong in letting felons know that they can vote just as soon as they walk out the gates of the prison. Formerly incarcerated folks, they've paid their debt to society, you are eligible to vote because I remember uh, when we did the Ogden Pride um, Festival last year, there were a bunch of folks and we were just, you know, the Democrats had a booth there and we were registering folks to vote and we heard that quite a few times where folks who were formerly incarcerated would say, no, no, I can't vote. And it was like, no, 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 you can't. You, you can, that's a lie. Like, you can. Well, You've always been, been able to vote in Utah if you were a felon. Yeah. You, you don't, don't lose your citizenship because you make a mistake. Yeah. Or allegedly make a mistake. I don't even think all those people did what they were right. in jail for. But So we're trying to increase education. We're trying to get to the kids. And one of the things that voterize, and that's V-O-T-E-R-I-S-E, not a Z, it's an S, um, but voterize.org is whenever you register with us and you give us a phone number, or an email address, then they will actually let you know when your ballot's been mailed, reminding you to mail it back in, and they will give you information on what's going to be on the ballot. Last year, the participation rate in an off-year election, it wasn't the big general election time, was 75% in Utah. Wow. And we're normally at 46. So, I mean, 46 is a good year. Right. So, so that, that was really exciting and pretty half maybe a tool, but I, I got a sound out for my man, Daniel Wade. Oh, oh yeah, Daniel's great. I, I absolutely, absolutely adore him and Megan. They are um, really hardworking people and they do a really great job for us in getting our applications processed and stuff. 
and they support us every step of the way in doing whatever we can to help get that vote out. Down in the county clerk's yeah. office, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel's uh, Daniel's fantastic. I've worked with him in terms of collecting signatures, uh, doing uh, voter uh, voter registration forms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. All right. And so, do you guys still do the protests, or have you kind of gotten away from that a little? During the um, proposition signing time, when everybody was signing the initiatives to get the props on the ballot, um, we were doing that, and we were doing voter registration. A lot of our members were kind of involved in both. Um, but we have been focused on just the voter registration pretty much. Um, we did have a meeting last month before I went on vacation, and we had people from all three props come. We had Truce show up, Christine Steinquist was there. Um, Peggy Cluthe spoke on the Medicaid expansion for all, and then Better Boundaries came out and spoke about the gerrymandering. I'm probably not using the correct terms for those, but. Um, no, gerrymandering was correct. Yeah, well, the better, I'm pretty sure it was better boundaries. And they will come and speak to any organization that needs a speaker, FYI. Um, but we had a meeting at the library just to let people know where we stand, where are we going, how are we going to try to keep them from getting top four the way they did too. You know. Because I think that that's one of my biggest concerns is that we saw two and three go and they tried to tinker and they've had to roll those those tinkerings back now because they should have you know, maybe stayed closer to what the voters approved it would have created less problems. But, you know, now what we're hearing is that Prop 4 will also be changed. And I think that Prop 4 is so key to the state really being more representative. Mm -hmm. You know, because we've talked about it on the show quite a bit that Weaver County alone, let alone other other places like we look at Weaver County in Ogden where we're sitting, very gerrymandered, right? Gerrymandered four different ways. Five. Five different ways. Five. You know? And that's just not acceptable. And, and we're just one community of many in mm -hmm. the state that are, that are gerrymandered this way. You know, we also are, is it the fifth CD1 that we're talking about? What? Is the fifth way CD one or no. five different house districts? Five different house districts. Okay, yeah, and so it's just it's just so frustrating, and so it's like we've the voters have passed this thing, and it's it's gonna get tinkered with, you know, so that power can maintain with the status quo, which is more frustrating than ever. And I don't know, I don't know as a citizen why you would support such a thing. Well, and they played with the Medicaid expansion, and they said, oh, you have to have this waiver thing. Waivers have never been given. Yeah, ever. Not, not for that thing, right? Yeah. So they're saying, oh, and we'll do the 80%, but they're not going to get the waivers. So now we have to go back to the drawing board. I mean, you were talking about spending money and this new way of doing city government would spend. No, no. It, money is not their concern. Spending money is not their concern. Yeah, because they, they want that power. I, I listened to a KCBW podcast, and they talked about that, that waiver in particular, and it said that... Um, the only time that those waivers get granted is when it is cost neutral to the government. And the whole point of that waiver was to shift the cost to the federal government. Right. And so they, you know, politicians high up in the state had these guarantees. Salen Christensen. Yeah, say, oh, well, the Trump administration is going to do this. And then when, you know, things finally caught up to them and they said, no, you're not going to shift this cost to the federal government. Sorry. The Utah taxpayer got left holding the bill. It's going to cost us, what, like two? Two billion more dollars, yeah. 
And fewer people covered. Yeah, and fewer people covered because they chose to go this way as opposed to just doing it the way you were supposed to, following it under you know the Affordable Care Act, which is how this is being put yeah. together in the first place. So it's just like maddening. It's like, why did you do that? Like, why? And it's all about control. Yeah. It is. So I, so I, I have a question on registering voters. You know, something that I've, that I've never been able to fully grasp is Weaver County has such a high Latino population, and they could be a huge factor in future. Uh, yeah, they elections. have such control. They yeah. could absolutely. Um, you know, and I especially think in areas like Ogden and Roy. Um, how how is your interaction with the uh, the Hispanic? community in terms of registering to vote and then also following up if they are in fact voting? Well, unfortunately, Indivisible Ogden looks a lot like Utah. We are a bunch of old white people out there with our clipboards trying to convince young people that the world is in their hands. Um, and it's also hard to get the Hispanic population involved because we are not Hispanic. And, and I, I think, think you, you need, need to look, look like the, the person, person you're trying to sell things to in order to have what I learned in commission sales. You know, you do better with your own demographic. But we have partnered with um, Malik Gayo. Oh, great. Um, and Northern, Black Lives, Northern Utah Black Lives Matter. Um, he actually arranged a voter registration day at um, it's a Hispanic church down on 2nd Street to Iglesias to Jesus. Yeah, and on the as you as you go over the viaduct, um, as as no, road starts to curve, right? No, this is second. Oh, it's second on off of off of um, Harrison that becomes Mountain Road. Right. Okay. So over there. Okay. And, oh yeah, um, they have the beautiful windows there. They do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Do. I know great, great church. Oh my gosh. And they were they were um, having to sole after the service. Yeah. Oh, I almost died while I was waiting for the service to get over. No, it's okay. Um, but, but we, we had Hispanic speakers with us, and so we were able to get a lot of the people. There, there are a lot of people in Utah that are eligible to vote, but just not registered to vote, and we don't completely understand why, but we need people in the communities to actually help us fix that, because we, we can't go in and fix it. Yeah, you know, um, I'm convinced that uh, because they could control an election so much, there have been so many people who have kind of disingenuously reached out to them in the past that it's just kind of made them untrusting. They're like, yeah, yeah, everyone tells us we could come support them, but they're not going to really do anything for us. You know? Well, I, I remember, when was it, John? 2013, 2014, when Peter Kroon brought his cousin Howard Dean out here, and you know the state party had this really robust you know, we're going to register Are they really cousins? People. Pause. Are, are they, they really cousins? cousins? They are. They're the first cousins. What? How are these people cousins? Yeah. What? First cousins. Um, wow. I had no idea. But uh, the state party threw out a number, I don't know if, uh, if you remember this, that um, out of all those who are not registered to vote in Utah, they anticipate 60% of them would be Democrats. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just thought that was a really interesting number. I never saw the statistics to prove that. But, it but felt that's good. You know, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt you know, a, you know, a lot more better uh, registering voters.
But um, you know, I, 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 you know, whether they vote Republican or Democrat, I just I think the Latino community, especially in Weber County, mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of in terms of percentage, we're just behind Salt Lake County. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, exactly. Even if it doesn't sway an election, if it prompts our elected officials to do more for that community, exactly. yeah, just to pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, there were ten thousand new voters registered last year. Man. And Daniel, our friend, accredits a lot of that to the Green Chirp, right? Which is what I call it this <laughs> Um But we we are working with Northern Utah Black Lives Matter. We went in to register register inmates at the Salt Lake County Jail a year ago with Black Lives Matter um, down in in Utah Salt Lake. You're, you're targeting. M misdemeanor people or you're targeting people who will be released soon and be able to vote if you are not in jail serving time on a felony uh -huh. and your misdemeanor that you're serving time for is not something to do with election fraud which there's a big zero on that um, then you can actually vote while you are in jail but a lot of the people that are in jail are there because of the cash bond situation Sure. They shouldn't be there. That's a whole other Jim Crow thing. Right. You know, we've got debtors' prison. Yeah, where we're putting people in jail because we know they can't get out, and so it's causing a lot. Anyway, I'm gonna get that soapbox out of the table. I, I have so many soapboxes. Get rid of cash bail. But yeah, so so we've gone in, and then we just went into Davis County with um, Davis County Democrats and Northern Utah Black Lives Matter, and we have paired up with ACLU. Nikki Vogenpool. So we want to do all of the jails, but there are a lot of people that have a voice that can't exercise them. So we'll go anywhere. I was just at a Halloween festival yesterday at a park in South Weaver, sitting out in the cold wind. I got three registrations in three hours, but we call it planting seeds whenever we go somewhere and we do absolutely nothing. Um, because people see us. They, they read, read our sign, they, they go, oh, if you've moved, you have to re-register, okay. I'm, I'm going to be moving in two months, three months, whatever, so. Well, and, and you talk about when the, the propositions were going on, all the signature gathering a while mm -hmm. ago, and that's what was so great about what you guys were doing, is you would have a booth at whatever event, and then there would be kind of the swarms of signature gatherers, mm -hmm. and they would all congregate to you. It's like you were almost providing a service to the, the activist community. I really liked it, it was cool. Well, those propositions are nonpartisan. Uh -huh. You know, they, they, they were on the ballot for everyone and they don't have a political party. So we were able to do that without, right. without it being an issue at all. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, because um, so Zach Thomas, the uh, chair of the Weaver Dems, and I, we, we registered voters up on campus at Weaver State a few weeks ago. And I got a little busy and we haven't done it again. But one thing that we heard a lot since it's fall semester, we've had a lot of folks move in from out of state. Um, and may, whether they're living in the dorms or they're living someplace else. And a lot of the, them would say, well, I don't, I don't know if I can vote. I, I, I've only been here for like a few weeks. And so, I mean, what's the answer to that? I mean, You have to be a resident for 30 days before the election. Okay. But the election's not until November 5th. Yeah, so they were, they were, they were good. You yeah. Know, we were doing that in early October. That was like the first week of October when that happened, roughly. And so they, if they had just moved here, it's like, well, I mean, this is well 30 days before, so yeah. you're good. You can register to vote. And even if not, you can still register to vote for the next one. 
Like if you register yeah. at that place, you'll get the mail-in ballot for the primary in June. A lot of the kids want to still con continue their absentee ballots from home. Yeah. Which that's fine. Just be involved and somewhere. When you say they have to have moved here, lived here 30 days, that's they have to register 30 days before the election? No, we have same-day day registration. Of, right. Okay. We have same-day registration in Utah. You can take in... Um, How do you prove the date you got here? You take in a bill. There is a lady on the Invisible website on our Facebook page, and she was asking, she's having a heck of a time finding a place to rent. I think she probably has fur kids or something that makes it more difficult. And um, they've been there for a month. So they still have their driver's licenses from Illinois. I'm just making this up. Um, but she can take her Illinois driver's license down. She can take the bills from the hotel where she's staying, showing that she is a resident here. She has been for 30 days. You don't have to have a permanent residence in order to vote in Utah. You just have to be in Utah for 30 days and be able to prove that you are who you say you are. You can take a Social Security card along with a passport. Um, if you don't have a Utah driver's license and you don't have any other form of ID, you can take um, carrying concealed weapon permit, hunting license, fishing license. There's all kinds of IDs that you can take, and you'll need two of those, or you can just take your... Utah State issue oh, yeah. ID. If you have picture ID, then that's acceptable. Mm -hmm. But so, oh sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, but if the address on your picture ID does not match your current address, you need to bring some supporting piece of mail, like a power bill or something, to prove that you live at that address. Is that correct? Yeah, because they, they need, need to know, know which ballot, ballot to give you. Yeah. And, and one, one cool thing about having the mail out ballots now is, before you would have to drive home from work you know, hour and a half from Salt Lake or whatever, and then go to the little tiny church or school or whatever that was your polling, polling location. Um, but now with the mail-in ballots, you can go to any library in the county where you live, and you can vote your ballot. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to drive all the way to West Haven from Salt Lake. Just get to the county and then vote at the library. Same day registration. They have until October the 29th. Two. I've got some dates written down. Okay, yeah. Be proud of me. Um, you have until October the 29th to do online registration. Um, after that, you can go in and register at the Weber Center, which is 2380 Washington Boulevard. This is the county's main center, so if you ever wanted to go to a county commission meeting at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, that's where it happens. But you can yeah, first floor. Yep. They also have early voting there on. October the 30th, the 31st, and November the 1st through the 4th. So you can go there if you're a Weber County resident and you want to early vote, or if you want to register and you haven't gotten your registration in yet. If you don't have your registration or your mail-in ballot by Tuesday, then you do need to call the election clerk. And I have some numbers showing there. And this, that guy's name is uh, Daniel Wade. Oh, yeah. oh, well, we, we don't, don't use Ricky. We use Daniel. Yeah, we let it get more. Daniel's also a good Democrat. He was uh, at the county convention. He's yeah. a lovely, lovely oh, man. Well, he was at a county convention. I feel like that's public. Well, but I, but I think he was there like in official capacity, where he was like there doing his job. Because I think he was there like registering voters and just making sure everybody was doing stuff. 
No, so, uh... No, so... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. No, we, the we, world knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, you know, at the same time, you know, Ryan, uh, the director, the elections director, he's a Republican, and he does the same thing for the Republican Party, so... I mean, you know, it's all good. If, if you have any crazy good. Republicans listening to this podcast, you know, you're going to be able to sleep at night knowing that Democrats aren't controlling your elections office. Your, your rights, rights are, are fully protected. protected. Exactly. Uh, but I, uh, I, I was going to ask, though, with, you know, it seems like in the news we constantly see states trying to uh, suppress voting rights. Oh, Is yes. that, you know, it doesn't sound like Utah is one of those states. That Utah is one of those exceptions. Would you say, or are there certain, you know, if 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 you could wave a magic wand and change some uh, voting right restrictions that we have in the state, what would? Well, well if, if I, I didn't, didn't say, say San Juan County, County the <laughs> rural Utah project, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah. Nikki Vogenpool would, would both kill me because San Juan is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but they. The ACLU and the Rural Utah Project? Isn't that the name of Shout out to TJ, right? Yeah, he's working on that project. Good for him. Yeah, and they're, they're getting those addresses out there. It's the uh, address plus thing. And I read that that's technology that they had used in rural India to kind of like help. Because the general election in India is the largest election in the world. A billion people. Wow. Yeah. And so they were using that same technology in rural San Juan County to get these folks' addresses and get registered so they can be enfranchised. Like, well. And, and it's, it's not, not just voting, voting. it's um, getting, getting an ambulance to your house or a fire truck or, you know, Meals on Wheels if they need it, for goodness sakes. They're, they're citizens. They have the right to have people be able to find their homes. So, yeah, we're, we're not terrible. I will, I will say, say that Weber, Weber County, County has the absolute best relationship with our elections clerk, Daniel and Megan. Um, there, there are some other places that, you know, are a little less, but... Utah County! <laughs> <laughs> Utah County is actually a lot better. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they got new personnel down there. Yeah, they got a new person because the last person was really blowing it, and on election night, we're all sitting there waiting for Utah County numbers to come in, and it's like, what are they doing down there? Like, like, what, what are, are they, they doing? doing? Yeah. yeah, so we, like, we, we, like, we, we like Utah, Utah County again. They're cleaning it up. Um, but, but yeah, we, we, we can't, can't let San Juan go. Unacknowledged as the big steaming pot of rice. So I wanted to mention that you were just talking, or I, it was actually before we started recording, you were kind of saying the best thing that we do is is support all these other people. And I've noticed that as you're talking, it's like all the events you have are or for the charities that another organization is doing and, and your kind of goal is to, to, you know, just be involved in all the events that everyone already has going on around here. I just wanted, I, I, I wondered if you wanted to talk about that at all, about uh, kind of engaging in the community, you know. Well, so many of our events overlap with other people. You know, the League of Women Voters is historic for doing good things and voter registration and things, so we overlap with them a little bit. In this area, there's Mormon Women for Ethical Government, and they're really involved in getting voter registration done, so we work with them, kind of help support them. Um, we do the Black Lives Matter thing. Um, we work with the ACLU, the Free Community Meal. I will go anywhere that I think our targeted audience is gonna be, and I get at least three registrations in three hours. Yeah. You know? If, if you, you could provide, provide a little windbreak, break, that'd be nice, but uh, it's certainly not required. 
Yeah, yeah we, we have, have a lot, lot of people, and this, this is kind of our off time. I tell everybody that we're kind of on vacation right now because last year was just brutal yeah. with the propositions yeah. and yeah. needing to get all those registrations and then coming into 2020 and us having our first Super Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah, that was my question. Is like coming into 2020, how do folks get involved in this vlog? What do you have planned? What's going to happen? Well, you were asking if we still have the marches and the meetings and all that kind yeah. of good stuff, and we do. We have a meeting coming up on December the 4th at the library. At, it's going to start at 6 or 6.30. Which library? Completely decided. Main, the main library. Downtown. Uh -huh. so we like to have accessibility for the majority of our members. 2464 Jefferson. Okay. And um, that is going to have Angela Reyes putting that on and, well, Invisible Act, and she's kind of spearheading But she's going to have all of the political parties that will come that are recognized by the Lieutenant Governor's Office. And we also want to address uh, ranked choice voting, oh, if we can. can. Yeah, ranked choice voting, interesting proposition. No way, no way, no way. Sounds like a great idea, Brad. <laughs> I, 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 I support discussing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I seem to have touched the spot. I didn't realize it was a little bullshitter, but um, yeah, no, I, I personally think it would be great. Yeah. Because yes. more, more people's vote would actually count. Me too. You know, yeah. I think that too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> 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 support I'm this podcast. <laughs> With Colby and John, I, I can do it. But I'm, 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 I'm really worried about you. I, it, it sounds like you really know your stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is I really shame, man. I, I really don't want to go up against Brenda. I'm going to buy you a shirt. This is, I support aesthetic. And I just want you to wear it. Uh, <laughs> you, you can wear it all the time. Point yeah. yeah. for It applies to everything. And give it, you give it to Gage Frower, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so we are still having meetings and kind of doing that. And, you know, we're still the Green Shirt Brigade. We show up everywhere with all of us. But we're starting to ramp up to get to 2020. So if anybody wants to get involved, they can go to Invisible Ogden on, Indivisible Ogden on Facebook. Mm -hmm. If you're not a Facebook person, you can join meetup.com. Uh -huh. And we have a page on meetup. Meetup is a group sharing site, you know, for yeah. hiking and yoga All and kinds dog of walking, whatever. Yeah, there's an atheist group on there. All kinds of things. So. Sign up on that, go to the Invisible Ogden Meetup site, join, and it'll push you a notification whenever we have something going on. But we do try to support our other community members, um, and that's one thing. We do have quite a few members, and our members are pretty active. So, like the Islamic Center, um, Kuwait of, of Utah. Alhamdulillah. Okay, thank you. Um, they, they were having an event, and um, they, they didn't, didn't want voter registration down there, um, huh. which was okay. Sometimes they don't. But, but we, we still put it on all of our sites, and we still ask people to attend. Yeah, we plug so, it on this website, or we plug it on this podcast as well, because uh, Mary Kalaf told yeah. us about it. And they, Mary's a sweetheart. She's a member. They, they told me that uh, there was going to be uh, baklava there and some other nice Arab food. And I haven't had Arab food in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely made sure that we plugged that a few times on this show. Nice. Yeah, so if, if you need a plug on social media, then you can also head up Indivisible. Because we are looking to support the community as a whole. We're not, we're not just Democrats. We're not just white people. We're not just... 
We just want to get everybody involved in the process. We want everyone to have a voice and everyone's voice to be heard. And then the only way to do that is to get off your ass and vote. Right. Yeah. Well, so, we'll, 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 we'll end it as a login moving into the 2020 uh, election. You know, will your focus um, be solely on uh, on registering voters, or are you guys expanding to different? Uh, like, will there be a lot of anti-Trump stuff? Can we count on you? Yeah. Yeah. Or, we are or, always, or always anti-Trump. Anti yeah. yeah. Door knocking, phone calls, or are you guys going to stick mostly to registering voters? Whenever you go to door knocking and that kind of thing, that's that's more of a partisan campaign candidate kind of thing. Um, I don't, I don't think, think it would be time effective to go to every house with a clipboard and say, hey, are you registered to vote? Yeah. Um, and, and that, that would be our major focus. focus. The league does the debates, and they have that covered really well. They put a voter's guide together, and that's covered really well. We don't want to duplicate the work. We want to make it easier and flow better. Um, we have partnered with Photorize. Dot org that is based on the Get Out the Vote campaign that MTV did a few years ago. And they found out, well, Utah is the first state to let women vote. Did y'all know that? Yeah, take that, Wyoming. Because remember when Wyoming at YDA, they were like, we were the first state to let women vote. And I was like, dude, no way. Didn't, were we before we before them? Yeah, well, and, like, and we looked it up, and it was like, yeah, we were like, Weeks before that, did yeah. you call them out? Why we didn't on the floor, but we should have. Oh man, I really like those guys still saying that stuff. There, there were a lot of things Wyoming said. I'm like, are you, is it really true, or was there just oh, nothing that they had sure. to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 150 years. Yeah. Um, actually, on February the 12th, but they didn't actually vote until the 14th. So February the 14th is the 150th anniversary of white women being able to vote in Utah. Yes, I have to say that every time. Um, so we're going to be celebrating that, but whenever Voterize, Dick and Elsa Gary came in and started this nonprofit, they found out that there are 300,000 women in Utah that are eligible to vote, that are not registered to vote. My wife is one of them. I need to press her to get out, go down to Weber Center and and, and vote, man, because she hasn't re-registered since we moved. You know, and you do have to do that if you have moved, but Voterize makes it super simple. They started this new campaign called the 2020 Campaign, and they want you to be an ambassador, and what it is is you become an ambassador and you swear that you're going to get 20 women that weren't registered before to register. So if we get a 1,000 people doing that, then that's going to take care of a lot of a lot of the unregistered women. So if you want to become a Voterize ambassador, you can go to voterize.org, V-O-T-E-R-I-S-E.org, click on become an ambassador. They'll send you voter registration forms. You'll get a cool lime green T-shirt. I'm doing that. You'll get some awesome information. And then if you need help meeting your 20, then just come on to Meetup or. Facebook and say, hey, I need a voter registration event, and we would be happy to get you get you started. Great. And I was going to put out a plug. Just if you're one of those people who's out there thinking, I want to be active in 2020, I want to be engaged, and maybe you know, just making sure that my voice is heard throughout the year. Uh, this is a very good time to get involved in something like the Facebook group. Like as far as what I usually see. 
you know, uh, as soon as the election's over at the beginning of November, attention's kind of turned to the next election, but you've got the holidays. It's kind of a passive thing for the next two months. January is when people really start getting together and like trying to make the things happen. So right now is the time that you can join the group, just sort of chat with them for a couple of months, kind of see what they're talking about. Maybe just say, yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'll get involved this year so that they can get a sense of, of what kind of staff they'll have, how many people they'll have up and out. Uh, it's just a good time to sort of start easing your way into that. So, so get out and join the Facebook group for Indivisible Ogden. Well, and they don't, they don't have to pound the streets. Right. We have data input that we need to have done. Um, if we're having an event and we're low on volunteers, we need somebody to pick up the phone and say, hey, are you available on Saturday? I'm in desperate need of a social media person. We have yeah. Instagram and, and Twitter, but I'm not able to, to fill those. So if you want to get involved and make a difference in this next election process, then just Yeah, have time to dip your toe in. Yeah. And it's, it's a good way to stay active. It's community service. We, we don't, don't consider, consider ourselves a nonprofit. nonprofit. Angela, Angela says that the uh, city of Commerce should pay us because <laughs> we're always there at the farmers market. Hey, we, oh, you're from out of state. Well, welcome to Ogden. Uh, you know, know we're community ambassadors. And it's a fun way to do the farmers market. Like it they're is. they're walking by you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Here it is. Yeah. Hanging out. All right. Well, great. Thank you, Brenda, for all the work you do and for coming down today. Yeah. So I had a couple of uh, things. So the the actions on this were join the Facebook group or join meetup, like she said. That's mm -hmm. that's a good place to get information and know when they have stuff coming up. That's how they primarily communicate. And then uh, I didn't know about the ambassadors thing, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be signing up. You guys can take the pledge. I've I've, I've already signed up. You've already. Whoa. Yeah. We just got one up by the Keymaker, oh, John. Well, you gonna do it, John? Let's do it. Dick right. and Elsa, they're, they're awesome. I, I had a conversation they're, with them they're, they're back in August. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they they got me signed up and I got the kit and everything. Yeah. Yeah, you can actually text if your wife doesn't want to leave the house and she's oh, like, oh, honey, I don't want to do that. Then you can text your voter rise to 788. Hang on, just a second. They put on my eyes. We, we don't want to go with Joe Biden on this one, huh? <laughs> 80,000 votes cast and you had four out of the seven house races combined um, just over a thousand votes would have made the difference in four races mm. so you know 10,000 voters registered last year is very impressive so kudos to you mm. definitely all right let's go on to the poll we'll talk quickly about the poll I don't want to bore you people so wow, we this had, is Sheena's thing, dude. It, both of these polls came from your wife. Well, she's great at it. And if you want to do the polls, go join our Facebook group, the uh, Junction City Forum. That's right. But uh, the right. first poll was... Uh, a contest going on right now, so just a oh, plug for this. Oh, good point. Uh, so last week, Dan gave us a couple of tickets for the Biz Marquee show on October 31st on Halloween night. It'll be the first show at the Monarch. 
So we've got two tickets right now up for grabs. All you have to do to enter is follow us on Instagram if you don't already, Junction at Junction City Podcast. And uh, if you haven't already, join the Junction City Forum on Facebook and then uh, invite somebody else. Those are all ways that you can enter this contest. And if you do, we're going to select the winner on Wednesday night so that you will know before tickets go up. Because like Dan said, the price was going to go up on the day of. So mm-hmm. if you're... If you don't win and you want to get the lower rate, we're not going to screw you over like that if you're holding out for those tickets. But uh, those are all ways that you can enter, and uh, we'll announce that winner on Wednesday night. So by the time you hear this, you'll have two days. So get it done. Yeah. Join that uh, Join that group. Uh, the, the first poll, it was uh, overwhelmingly decided, yes, that Sheena should be in charge of the polls for us. So here to here. <laughs> I voted for it. Get ready for that. And the second poll... Who wants to hear about the plans for development downtown? Uh, five people voted I do. So, nobody voted no. Another situation where everybody wants more information. <clears throat> Can people all find out about the development downtown? Well, I, that was a question that I had because it was like... The Auckland City just did their whole uh, planning. But like, but they, but the thing is, is they've had how many meetings where they like introduce all these plans and... Like none of them really come to to fruition. Mm. Yeah, like I, I, my my the thing that I want to see is like from from economic dev from the city because we have the county's plan, mm-hmm. but for the city, I want to see like what's the five ten year plan here? Yeah. You know oh yeah. I mean? Like what, what is that? That's true. I don't Maybe know. North Auckland's got that. They've got a detailed five year plan. Yeah, well, Auckland doesn't. So, well, I don't know if Auckland does or not, but like I want to know what the economic dev <coughs> plan is, or. If it exists and I'm just not, I don't know where it is, like, share it with me. How do I know? So I think yeah. that's really kind of what Sheen's getting at. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to pinkies up, thumbs down. Uh, I've got my pinky up, thumbs down. I've got a, it's a, I've got a pinky up to Lawrence, Kansas. It's actually a thumbs down for Ogden in disguise. Oh, no, no. Listen to this. <laughs> Their library, they've got a sound and video studio. It's actually three studios. They have people that go record audiobooks in the little studios or like, I don't know, probably podcasts. But they've got this big studio. It's got like four guitars, bass guitar, drum set, all the mics, all the software and computers you need. It's amazing. And I was like this local government nerd. Walk Everybody I met, I was like, how is this done? Who's paying for this? How did this happen in the city? Was this a voter initiative? Like, what happened? And so eventually... Because I should say, they've even got guys who you can hire to come in and be the studio tech that are just, you know, people who help out the library. It's amazing. But so I finally figured out that it's a, the, the, one of the local music stores partnered with the city. The city paid a grant to buy all of this equipment. The music store got them, you know, a, a bulk discount, basically. But the value that that adds to the city, like that city is a musical haven like there's just bands everywhere there's local uh, uh, concert venues like we've talked about Ogden is missing yeah you know they've got all of that and I think it's very attributable to the fact that they have this studio that's available for free to the residents it's something I think our government should do you're gonna hear me talk about it a lot I'm gonna start calling out we were talking about we were state how they might be a great they've already got studio space and if we just found a music company to partner with them this is gonna be my new thing Dave Owens, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but... Mm. Oh, no, David, yeah, that's a great idea. Like, yo, David, like, 
what if Imagine Music Project, yeah. you know, this is a great opportunity to thing like that. Yeah, no, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So Pinky's up to Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. Thumbs down to Ogden for not doing stuff no, like that. No, thumbs yeah. down to Ogden, knock yes. it off. Yeah. <laughs> As we're developing, I, I let's develop yeah, this kind too. of stuff. Yeah. Who else? Who wants to go? Kingmaker, you yeah, got something? Everyone's looking at me. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. So do I have to do? Do I have to have a thumbs down and a pinky up? No, one or the other. Okay. Um, so mine will be really easy. Uh, thumbs down to uh, Commissioner Jenkins and Harvey for um, coming out against Prop Three and uh, putting their self-interest above the welfare of the people of Weaver County. Mm. Okay. Scathing. That's mm. it. Yeah. Mic drop. We're going to give Harvey a chance to respond next week. Next week, he'll be on the show. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I, I, hope, I hope he's listening. Jim is a, a good friend of mine. I'm just really, really disappointed hmm. in his decision. Greta, what do you got? I didn't realize this was a thing, but just off the cuff, I'm going to say uh, pinky up to Daniel Wade, especially having to work under a peanut. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> he's doing a good job. Like I said, he's, he's great to work with. You know, the the opportunity that I had to work with him at, at uh, county convention, just helping folks get organized, making sure that they were, you know, in the right places. You know, because we were working with him to make sure people were in the right precincts, that we had the right precinct list. If we didn't, we'd send them over there. He would take care of them, get them all set up, say, and he would give us the information back. Say, okay, he, you know, get the folks registered to vote. Say, these folks are in this precinct. And then we were able to then take that information and say, okay, you need to go to this house, you know, district meeting, or you're in this precinct and whatever. And then people found their neighborhood people or their house district people because of the work that he was doing. So he's phenomenal. He's a great guy. Well, and we've had a couple of trainings with Voterize to teach people how to do voter registration. It's really easy, but it's kind of intimidating if you've never done it before. And he actually shows up to our trainings. Oh, wow. Even though we have professional trainers from Voterize come down or whatever and teach us the basics, he is always there to answer any questions specific to how things should be best practice. And great. I mean, we're talking Sundays and Saturdays and evenings. So very nice. Over time. Yeah. Public service right there. Yeah. It really is. What about you, Colby? You got one? You know, I thought about this because, you know, this was actually one week where I was not prepared for this segment. Oh, tell me you don't have one. I, I have that one. That would make me so happy. No, not I have that I don't one. love your opinions. No, no, I have one. And um, so I, as I thought about it, I was like, what, what is the thing that really, like, either, like, makes me happy or makes me sad this week? And um, one thing that did really frustrate me was uh, just a stunt from congressional Republicans this week about how they were going to they were gonna bust into this, you know, this, this closed-door meeting where they were, they were taking a deposition from somebody from the government. I, I think, uh, I can't remember who they had this week, but like it was supposed to be a secure room, you know, like you're not supposed to bring your cell phone in there and all of these things, right? And like 25% uh, of these Republicans were allowed to be in the room anyway. Oh, yeah. And like they tried to make a scene with Matt Gates and like these other losers, and they knew that they were gonna make a scene because then when, you know, they tried to get in, and then like five minutes later, somebody brings pizza and they hang out there and they eat pizza in the congressional halls. It's like, this is a stunt, dude. Like, yeah. these guys don't care about the Constitution, like, one bit. And Rob yeah. Bishop is a part of this, dude. We're like, Rob oh, Bishop, Rob Bishop, well, I don't know if he was a part of the group that tried to get in, but Rob Bishop said in the, in the newspaper or somewhere I read, he was just like, this whole thing's a sham and blah, blah, blah. They're not following the Constitution. It's like, 
Bro, have you read the Constitution? Like, they are. Like, they, like, there is no reason why the Democrats would not follow it to the T because they don't want to give Trump any reason to complain. So it's like they're going to do all the things. And when the time comes, all of the information that they're gathering in these closed-door depositions will be made public. You know, but, like, in order to get the information, they're not going to go sit in front of a congressional group right now. Republicans have been saying for all of the previous public testimonies, we should be doing this behind closed doors. It's true, and this they have. This is political stuff. Yeah, and they have. And so now it's like, okay, we're doing it behind closed doors. And it's also not good enough. It's like, what is this? Yeah. And somebody Can't made be. a really great point on Twitter with all of this. And they were like, listen, if there was something in the president's favor in any of these meetings, any of these depositions, it would have been linked to the press, right? Republicans would take that information and immediately go to the Washington Post or whoever and say, we heard this to try and give the yeah. president some sort of good press, right? And it ain't there. So what does that tell you? Are the Republicans really so good at leaking? Because, you know, they made such, Devin Nunes made such a big deal about leaks, right? Mm -hmm. He was more concerned about leaks than the president's wrongdoing. And same thing with Chris Stewart, shame right. on him. Yeah, that was their old talking point. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so now it's like, well, you're, you're pissed because there's nothing good to be said about the president and, and you continue to support him for some weird reason, man. And it's like, and, and then complain that like, process is not good, constitution, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, guys, why are you not willing to come to grips? And instead you're gonna pull these, you know, political stunt, you know, to get media for the day, they got headlines for the day on the thing. So like, thumbs down to that, dude. Like, be patriots. Yeah. Country over party, man. Like, the president is doing things that are not good. And whether you think that they are criminal or that they are impeachable, really, because another thing that's getting conflated is that the impeachment process is not a criminal proceeding. It's not. It's a political proceeding. Mm -hmm. If the president is removed from his office, he's not going to jail for it. He just doesn't get yeah. his job anymore. Like, it's, it's not a criminal proceeding. So everybody acts like it's a criminal proceeding, and it isn't. It's a political process. Uh, you, could, you could understand why they might think that. He's under yet another criminal investigation. Then stop breaking you the know, law. All the criminal yeah. investigations. You know, like this whole Doral thing that happened last weekend. He's like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, you're obviously going to, like, you're going to break the emoluments clause in everyone's face. Yeah. And everyone's going to be cool with that. Get over it. Yeah, get over it, says <laughs> Mick Mulvaney. Says Mick Mulvaney. I do have one more pinky up real quick. Yeah, though. so thumbs down. To the pallbearer at the Elijah Cummings Memorial <laughs> Service yes. that refused to shake Mitch McConnell's hand. Yeah, that was great. Really? Was that so beautiful <laughs> or what? Yeah, he, shakes, he shakes Dick Durbin's hand. I think it was Dick Durbin. And then Mitch McConnell's there and just walks right past him. It's really <laughs> and then good. It was, and then it was you got to see McConnell's face. So, yeah. Oh, Girdle did not like that. He didn't know what to do. It was so funny. Yeah, it was good. Well, I think it's fair because, like, oh, Mitch yeah. McConnell is manipulating the process to oh, yeah. the benefit of certain people. Like, He's this guy's not a patriot. Yeah. Like, you're destroying the country and you're destroying the norms of the Senate to get your way. Like, that, you're not a patriot, bro. Like, you are the swampiest of swamp things. Absolutely. And I wouldn't shake his hand either. All right. Well, uh, everybody follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, make sure you follow us there before Wednesday if you want to join our contest and win those Bismarcky marquee tickets for Halloween night. Courtesy of Indy Ogden. Thanks yeah, thanks Indy Ogden. On that. Uh, check out our uh, website, JunctionCityPodcast.com, where we put all of our investigative content and uh, Ogden City Council meeting notes. 
And uh, please tell your friends that you like us and we're uh, the best way to get information. A couple other things. Um, we do have an email list. So if you want us to email when the episode comes out, if you want us to email the show notes and the episode link directly to your inbox, you can go to our Facebook page or you can go to our website and join the mailing list. And those things will come directly to you along with any news stories that we posted on the website over the past week. They will also come directly to your inbox. So a nice way to get JCP content directly to you without going and searching for it. And don't forget about our Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon account. All of the money raised from Patreon goes directly to funding that investigative or local journalism. Um, had a lot of really good conversations with journalists in the county or formerly that used to live in the county this week. And everybody that I've talked to so far has been really positive about the work that we're trying to do because the, the consensus was more media is good, not less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because yeah. as the standard does its very best to cover the, the county with less and less staff and money, more media is can be the cure for a lot of ills in county government because one person in particular told me like, you know, with with the decline of the of the fourth estate, of the free press in Weaver County specifically, where it's harder and harder to cover local issues because there's just not enough time in the day and there are only so many people, it may have, may, may embolden politicians and those who work for us to think that no one's watching. Yeah. And so we're trying to make sure that that doesn't happen by funding local journalism through this Patreon account and other things that we're working on. So please help us out. Um, you I think can, you can get to it directly by patreon.com slash Junction City Podcast, Podcast, or you can go to our website. There's a button right on the yeah. main page that you can do that. Yeah. All right. And like we say every week, all politics. Ashley Wolfius and the Elements of Real Estate are proud to support the independent local journalism of the Junction City Podcast. If you're buying or selling real estate, or if you need a certified residential appraiser, contact Ashley at theelementsofrealestate.com or by calling 801-391-8503.